Hello, welcome to Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams, a weekly podcast exploring the lives and minds of theatre practitioners in and around the New Zealand performing arts industry. Today, I am joined by actor, singer, and puppeteer Rebecca Head. Rebecca's performing journey began at a young age. Since then, she has gone on to perform in some of the biggest shows in New Zealand, including two productions of Wicked in Christchurch and in Chicago. She even won an Oscar for Best Leading Female in a Musical for the latter. Rebecca joins the podcast to talk about her time at NASDA. She details the events that snowballed into a successful puppetry career. And of course, we get an insight into the world of puppet making and how you can get a custom puppet of your very own. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, enjoy a conversation with Rebecca on Broadway and other Kiwi dreams. Hey, Becca, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you going? I'm very good, thank you. How's lockdown treating you? Oh, uh, you know, pretty pretty locked down. Pretty locked down? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's been, it's been pretty lovely, to be honest. Yeah, I'm very grateful for the bubble that I have. Cool. So diving right on in, this being mm-hmm. a theatre podcast, the sure. first question I wanted to ask you is, what is your favourite musical? This is a huge question, James, and I just think it's really cruel to ask anyone this question. (laughs) Um, I have narrowed it down to three, and they are Next to Normal, Come From Away, and Wicked. Sure. Anything in particular about any of those that stands out to you? Next to Normal, I just think, deals with the themes around mental health really well. Mm -hmm. I think theatre is an awesome platform to tackle those topics that are tricky to talk about in real life mm. um so I really love that about it um come from away is just the most moving show I've ever seen I saw it in Melbourne um cool and what, what the other thing I really love about come from away is that it is very real people real characters um I've never particularly been a fan of the tits and teeth side of musical theatre so yeah come from away for me is really um yeah gives you those the depth of the characters and mm, also the re- the a really real stories yeah the real stories and a wonderful sense of community which I think is what theatre is all about as well bringing people together and that's a story where people are forced together and have to mm. get along and adjust to each other's differences so mm. So jumping back to kind of your youth, did you perform growing up? Um, I did. I was part of a group called Kids for Drama, which was based out sure. in West, West Auckland. Yeah, it was interesting because when I did, um, worked with NYTC recently and saw that you did the NYTC thing, I was just like, oh my yeah. gosh, James is like famous because when I was younger <laughs> and doing drama in West Auckland, NYTC was like, this big crazy like oh my goodness they perform at Aotea Square and we're yeah. just like out here by the beach which is lovely but like whoa um, <laughs> so yeah kids for, kids for drama was absolutely where I started my performing journey um and they did one of my favorite things that kids for drama offered was they did a lot of theater and education touring shows So Mm. from the time that I was 10 to about 17, 
I did about 10 tours with them um, for touring shows around primary schools to do with just reduce, reuse, recycle and environmental messages and stuff like that. Sure. It sounds like that's that's kind of where your love for children's theatre started. Is that that be right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Just that feeling of going into schools and getting to spread a little bit of joy, break up their school day is really fun. Yeah. 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 And speaking of children's theatre, where did your um, kind of puppeteering stem from? Like, is there a moment in your childhood that you can point to and say, this is this is really inspirational for me? In terms of puppetry? Well, actually, I, whenever people ask me about when I started with puppetry, I sort of get a new memory every time. Um, And the first puppet-related thing that I did was I did an ad for McDonald's when I was about seven. Um, And I was counting Sesame Street toys. And I think the only reason that I got the gig was because I had lost these two teeth. And so my canines were very prominent. So I looked like the count. Um, So I did this ad like as the count, just counting my Sesame Street toys and how many I'd collected. Um, So probably there. And then uh, third year of NASDA when we did cabarets, our cabaret assessment, the group that I was in, my friend Jess was singing a song about being afraid of spiders. And I was like, Mm. oh, we should all have spider puppets and that'd be great. Um, and then the next cabaret that I did with that same group of friends, um, we wrote a new one for Fringe Festival after we'd graduated. Um, mm-hmm. And I sort of demanded that we have burger puppets in Josh's song, which was about loving fast food. So that was cool. And then also, of course, I did New Zealand Playhouse Tour, fresh out of NASDA. And within one of those shows, we had a lady bracknell puppet for the importance of being earnest um and so i did that that show for 10 months and from that experience with puppetry that made me eligible for the audition at woe studios which is sort of where it all exploded for me Hmm. was anyone else in your family um in the arts my brother is a very dramatic person just very naturally but he's just in general (laughs) just in general he's very dramatic and so i think i learned that a lot from him um yeah and yeah, he just, he's a person who just really enjoys um, being weird and different. And I think he's certainly inspired that in me. But there's no one in my family in the arts. On my dad's side of the family, people enjoy singing quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But no one sort of pursued that as a career. Um, and my brother was working for Warner Brothers for a little while, but... Mm-hmm that's sort of a different route as well. He was like going through the Bachelorette footage and House of Drag footage. And, yeah. Sure. In a bit, we'll, we'll talk about NASDA and stuff, but before we get to there, is it true that you were head girl? Yes, I was. I was head girl. How was that? Um, head girl was a very, very crazy year for me. Mm. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, Avondale was a huge school. I think it was 2,800 the year that I was head girl and my cousin was actually head girl of mags in the same year that I was head girl of Avondale so Rachel head at mags Rebecca head at Avondale was all (laughs) a big joke many many a joke about head 
happened that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being head girl for me sort of was a big realization into a lot of systems that I didn't agree with, which was really fascinating. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of my first meetings as head girl, I remember being like, cool, like, what can we do? What change can we make? And I don't know who it was, but I remember someone saying to me, oh, you're just, you're just a face. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not what I signed up for. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I definitely, it was, it was like a goal that I had for a really long time. And I don't think I'd really realized or thought about what it actually might entail for me. Mm. Um, Interesting. It was, yeah, it was sort of like, and when I was doing Wicked, I found quite a few parallels in in Glinda in terms of like her position as well. Um, yeah, because she's she's kind of like the, I don't know, is she head girl of the school? <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I sort of imagine her being head girl when she does her like podium announcement of her um, yeah. engagement with Fiero, but that's not a school anymore, is it? It's just. Yeah the city but yeah i guess she's just the popular girl <laughs> yeah i don't know what she is <laughs> before we move on to nesda again what is your dream role to play my dream role that you, that you um, haven't played already that i haven't played already <laughs> i would really really love to be sally in you're a good man charlie brown oh yeah um pretty much any role that Kristen chenoweth has done i'd be pretty stoked to do it nice <laughs> so now we'll get to Nesta. Let's do it. Cool. <laughs> uh, so you went to Nesta. I did. You did. Correct. <laughs> how how was that process? Was it a good uh, process? Was it a a mixed one? Uh, I don't know, James. How's the process for you? Are, are you asking yourself these questions as well? Yeah, I'm. I'm living vicariously through the people I interview. <laughs> yes, yes. I would really like you to do an episode where you interview yourself as well. I think that would be great. Like go back and forth. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? How was this? It was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nasda was awesome, absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I was reflecting on it this year because um, the New Year's that we had just happened to be quite a few people from my year of Nasda and the year above me. Um, and honestly, I think the greatest thing that Nasda gave me was those friendships um yeah like where we are in lockdown right now we're in lockdown with someone from my year from nasda who i hadn't seen in a couple of years and we were like hey we need somewhere to live before we go to christchurch and australia and blah 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 blah. she's like yeah yeah come live in our garage and then we were here for two days and went into lockdown and we were like hey is Mm. it okay that we just stay in your garage for a bit longer (laughs) yeah yeah so i started nasda the year after the quakes which meant Mm -hmm. that our year group was a little bit smaller i think they had a few less enrollments as i'm sure christchurch did entirely um yeah so I actually hadn't enrolled for NASDA. I wanted to, but the auditions in Auckland fell in a show weekend for Avondale College. Right. So I couldn't go. And then I did a course called CCMT. Did you ever do CCMT? No, but I've heard of it. So the CCMT that I did, I had done it the first year with Jason Tometi and Luke Desoma. Mm-hmm. And yep. then the second year that I did it, 
Richard Merritt and Michael Lee Porter were tutors there. And so we had a week with them and then sort of by the end of it, they were like, hey, look, we've actually had really low enrollments for NASDA. Would you like to audition? Um, And I was like, yes, oh, my goodness, absolutely. I missed (laughs) out. And I'm so pleased that this has just come to fruition. Um, And then I remember the final performance that we did. Michael Lee Porter hugged me and was like, see you in a couple of weeks. But I haven't hadn't even got my acceptance thing amazing or whatever. Um, I was like, oh my god yay thank you guess i'm um, going <laughs> exactly exactly so that was my start to nasda it was super super rushed um but i was really really happy to be going down oh. and then my time throughout nasda yeah i feel like anyone who's who's been to nasda can it, it's hard to explain to other people that haven't been there it's just yeah definitely you you get fully immersed in this bubble of these people and because it's the arts you've got so many strong personalities and you love each other and hate each other and it's a very incestuous and magical Mm -hmm. and yeah it's great I loved it yes it's trial by fire eh? yeah definitely definitely totally then after NASDA, you touched on it a bit before but you did Playhouse was that was mm-hmm. that straight after NASDA? Playhouse was straight after NASDA, yeah. Did you did you have a, a good time with that? I did, yeah. The people that I toured with, Zach and I and Nick Gowdy, we actually just had a Skype reunion a couple of weeks ago when we went into mm-hmm. lockdown. It was just kind of like we survived ten months on the road in a van with each other. We can survive a month in lockdown. It's gonna be all good. Yeah, I learned I learned a lot from that tour and mm-hmm. Michael Bell is awesome and it's I think doing a tour like that is pretty much the best thing you can do fresh out of drama school. Yeah, definitely. I can attest to that. Yeah. Yours was so a bit shorter it. though, eh? Did they make them shorter? Yeah, they cut out the high school part of it. So that cut down the schools and consequentially cut down the length of time. That's awesome. Such a cool experience. And you mm-hmm. went you went to Australia, eh? Yes, yes, yeah. which was very, very awesome, um, but also came with its challenges in terms of trying to contact the office. Like when we were in Perth, the time difference was so huge. It was really, really cool. Got to see so many places that I will never go again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so many small towns, eh? Yeah, so many small towns. And then we drove Adelaide to Perth, so we drove the Nullarbor. That's insane. Which is a crazy long drive and a population of like 88. And um, there was one place to stay halfway through the drive. And there was no reception, but there was a payphone. And I remember sending like a text to our tour manager from this payphone, like, help us, (laughs) SOS, XOXO gossip girl, save (laughs) us. It was really cool. And just really kooky little places. Um, I think there was... I think the name of it is Witcherproof. There's a little town, little city called Witcherproof. Sounds Australian. (laughs) Yeah. And they have the smallest mountain. And every cafe we went to, everyone was just like, oh, have you you been up the mountain? Have you you been up there? It's like (laughs) their prized position is the smallest mountain in the world. I don't even know how you define what is a mountain and like what is yeah, a pile is it just, of dirt? Is it just a hill? 
Yeah, but maybe it's to do with the land around it because it was a really small mountain, uh-huh. but when you go up it, you, you got a 360 view of so much. It was pretty incredible. Right. But they were just so proud of it. Like this cafe that we went to, we're like, oh, well, if you've been up it, then I need to give you your certificates. And they came out <laughs> with these certificates of, I've been up Witcherproof Mountain. It was, it was great. So yeah. the area was just so flat that any, any hill at all is just is a mountain. Yeah, pretty much. You said before that you started your puppeteering at the end of NASDA and then it carried mm-hmm. on into Playhouse. And mm-hmm. it's kind of just snowballed into mm-hmm. this massive beast, eh? Yes. Do you have any thoughts on that growth of your puppeteering? When I started at Woe, I was sort of like, oh, yeah, puppets. Puppets are easy. Let's do this. And then the colleagues that I was working with were a lot more experienced than me. And I was just sort of in the state of like, oh, my goodness, I, I know nothing about anything. Um, which I feel like often happens to you at NASDA as well. Like you go to mm. NASDA having done quite a bit of performance and then you do one class and you're like, oh my goodness, I, I know nothing. I'm never going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I learned so much from my colleagues at WOW um, and have gained some wonderful friendships from mm-hmm. there as well. And I think just doing anything for that long you get a lot better at it like whoa was a very specific job in terms of it was the first performing job that I'd done that wasn't as a contractor everyone was on salary and that worked for me for a while but then I sort of got to a point where I was like I'm being offered these other gigs as well and I like puppets but I don't want my whole life to revolve around puppets like (laughs) musical theater is my passion and singing is my passion so I don't want to be working at just one place was sort of my attitude um Mm -hmm. so I ended up leaving to do the ugly duckling at the court theater Mm-hmm. Um, and then during that time I was cast in Wicked. So I was like, yay, I didn't leave this puppet dreamy place for no reason. These things yeah. are actually happening, which is cool. Um, and then I was lucky enough to be asked back to Woe for their TV series, um, mm-hmm. which was so, so cool. And we got to train with Peter Linz, who's currently Ernie on Sesame Street. So in terms of like puppet fangirl time, I was just like, oh my God, Ernie (laughs) is here, (laughs) which is, yeah, pretty magic. And he was just so, oh, it's just something so magical about seeing someone who is employed in a craft that you love just absolutely at the top of their game. Um, Totally. I feel the same way with um, Simtis in Christchurch or any time NASDA gets a guest tutor in. It's just, it's really invaluable getting to meet those people. Yeah, definitely. Wow. (laughs) So moving back to sort of the theatre world, do you have a dream miscast role? Oh. A role that you just wouldn't be cast as, but would be really fun to play? I don't know if this is a dream role for me, but this is more just to like make my parents proud. And that would be Valjean. Every Mm -hmm. single time my dad comes to any of my shows, he's like, oh, it would have been nice to hear, bring him home. 
<laughs> he's like, he's oh, just got that one thing that he knows yeah, and just brings exactly, it up. <laughs> exactly. He's like, oh, those are, those were lovely songs. You sounded great, but I really wanted to hear Bring Him Home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Even we did a... <laughs> We did a show on Friday um, for this group called The House Is Open. They're doing mm-hmm. live Zoom concerts, which is so, so awesome. It was a lot of fun. I was very, very apprehensive about it. I was like, how is this going to work on this platform? I'm not so sure. Yeah. But it was awesome and it went really well. And Dad tuned into that one. And then sure enough, like 20 minutes later, he was like, puppets could do Les Mis. You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, we could. Okay, we'll put one together for you. <laughs> yeah, just for you. Yeah, exactly. It's like nothing <laughs> nothing I do will satisfy unless I sing Bring Him Home. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there are any other any other miscast roles that I'd really like to do. Oh, dear Evan Hansen, probably. I'd love to give that a crack. Yes. And this isn't a dream role for me, but I'd really like to see Nomi do Thomas Jefferson and Hamilton. Interesting. On that same kind of wavelength, what is your favorite role that you have played? Glinda obviously <laughs> comes to mind. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I've got, I've got one in mind that maybe. I was like, I mean, how do I give a more interesting answer? There's, there isn't one. <laughs> that's that's yeah. it. That's the answer. For musicals, definitely. I, f- I feel like it's just you. It's like a perfect role. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am half flattered and half offended when people tell me that because act one Glinda is such a bitch. I'm like, really? You think (laughs) I'm perfect for this? Okay. Well, I meant it as both, so there you go. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. (laughs) I don't have a... Another dream role that I can think of off the top of my head, but a like a I was just trying to filter through in my brain the things that I've done and my dream role from like one of my favorite auditions that I've done and wasn't successful in getting was mm-hmm. um Hel- Helen Keller in The Miracle Worker. Yeah, so I did an audition with ATC and oh, it was just such a fun audition. It was the coolest thing. The um, actress that I was working with in the room was just like super open and lovely. And yeah, it was really, really cool experience. Cool. Speaking of Glinda, mm-hmm. oh, you said before you were, you were supposed to be playing Glinda in New Plymouth. But it's been cancelled. Hello, this is your Zoom operator talking. Just throwing in some technical difficulties to spice up the podcast. And all right, that's enough out of you. But I just want to make sure people know that it's recorded on Zoom and not in person. Yeah, I think people get it. Come on, back in your cage. Dear listener, don't believe everything you hear. Future James is just editing this to make it sound like he's with the guests, but he's actually talking to them through Zoom. Phew, sorry about that everyone. Ah, oh, future James here by the way. Uh, just while I have you here actually, I'll just say we talk about Catherine in this next bit and that is Catherine Hay who was set to play opposite Becca in the role of Alphaba in the New Plymouth production of Wicked. She's an incredible performer and a very good friend to both myself and to Becca and I hope she gets to play the role soon because she's awesome. Alright, back to the podcast. Is it cutting out again? Just a little bit, but I got it. It was just slow motion. Great. 
It's been cancelled. A new plume, just like my nightmares, like it's cancelled. You don't get to do it. No, oh, no, no. It's, it's fine. I um, I really, really feel for Catherine because yeah. she would have been phenomenal in that role, and I was really excited to work with her. And I didn't know that she was being considered for the role until callback day where we both flew to New Plymouth and so mm. in in the room it was kind of just like oh my goodness it's Catherine yeah 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 and it's it's really nice in auditions when you when you do know the people really well and you can sort of dive into things without checking in with them first like you know just arms on the shoulder or just like like physically diving into the audition with another person it's obviously yeah. a lot easier to do with someone that you know yeah but I really feel for Catherine because she would have been so so wonderful um mm. and, and I do think it was a lot easier for me to just sort of accept what's going on at the moment and you obviously have a huge understanding that it's the right thing to do for everybody yeah. Um, and I was lucky enough to play the role in Christchurch and in Vicargill. So creatively, I didn't feel like I had lost a huge amount. Hopefully she'll get to play it sometime soon. Hopefully. She absolutely deserves mm. it. She would rock yeah. it. It's just a harder one to be rescheduled because you've got two people flying, you need extra time yeah. in the theatre, and it's just a bit more expensive. And, and it's a relatively small town as well. So, mm. But they have um, the most... Cafes per capita, is that the right word? They have a lot of cafes. Right. So, they have a lot of cafes. You know, don't, don't talk about them being small, James. New Plymouth yeah. is it's huge. Also, it's after having after having done the show in Invercargill, going to New Plymouth, you'd be like, <laughs> wow! It was big time. <laughs> the big city! <laughs> <laughs> so, you're supposed to be playing Gunda. You're not playing Gunda anymore, but you're making puppets now. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly what you're doing all the time. <laughs> yeah, thank you for giving me a break from making puppets. Yeah, of course. That's, that's what we try to do with this uh, podcast is just yeah. give people the break that they need. Um, is that a new endeavor? How, how did that sort of come about? It is a relatively new endeavor. So when I was at Woe Studios... Um, mm -hmm. my colleagues, John and Paul, they made a lot of puppets just cause they love puppets. Cause who doesn't love puppets? Yeah. Um, so I sort of asked Paul a lot of questions about building and the approach and what to do and that sort of thing. So he helped me with my learning and I made the first puppet that I made was for, um, a show that I did with Jess Bryan, who was my year mm -hmm. at NASDA. We did a show called Unsupervised in, yeah. we, in Christchurch. We did a development season and then we did a season at the basement in Auckland. So I made the responsibility monster for that show, cool. who is to this day probably my favorite puppet that we have. I'm really interested, aside from the, the furs and the fabrics that I use for the exteriors, I'm really interested in reusing materials. So mm -hmm. his mouth is made out of a jelly tip ice cream container um, and all the eyes that we make are out of ping pong balls so after responsibility monster I just sort of didn't do much building for a while because build mm -hmm. I think building your first puppet takes so long you're just like oh my goodness I'm never gonna do that again I'll just use this character forever and that's all I'll do ever um, 
And then I made a puppet for my partner for our first year anniversary because he, after a year of me being like, puppets, 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 puppets are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do some puppets. He was cast in a show called Room on the Broom with CDP and he puppeteered a bird and had this like realization of like, oh yeah, puppets are great. I was like, I told you, I've been telling you all this time. So you Um, you converted him. I converted him and then I made him a puppet, which is, you know, arguably the weirdest anniversary present, but I would say the best present ever. And then this year he was in a show called Deep. Paul, who I mentioned earlier, was originally going to do the build for that, but he builds puppets all the time, as well as being a full-time puppeteer, and he got injured and just sort of made the decision, like, look, I don't think I should take on this build because I'm doing other builds, and my doctor told me I shouldn't be doing anything anyway, and so I was like, okay, that's cool, I I can try and give that a go, so that is when I built three anglerfish and a giant squid puppet working with two other puppet makers on that project as well yeah and so that was sort of extending my skills and Edwin's skills as well in building and just sort of getting the confidence to be like oh yeah maybe we could take on commissions like I feel confident enough Mm. in my skills now to take on commissions because that job yeah, it was um, like so many things in Auckland, you do a profit share model and I find it a lot easier to say yes to things that is a new skill set for me if there isn't a huge amount of money involved because I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll volunteer my time to this and I'll see the best that I can do at the moment. So that was super fun. And then from that build, a friend of mine was doing about to, to go into rehearsals for Firebringer. Do you know that? Do you know Starkid very well? I know Starkid, but I don't know that one. Oh yeah, you should you should look it up. It's got heaps of females in it. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Um, <laughs> so Firebringer has a mammoth puppet and a saber tooth tiger, and right. Imogen had spoken to me about it a little while before. I'd built these anglerfish and I was like, look, I don't know. Like I would love to make those things for you, but I really don't trust my skills at the moment. But then from doing that build, I was like, yeah, actually we can make a mammoth for you. And that's what we're going to do. So that's what you're doing. And that's what we're doing. So we, (laughs) we were sort of halfway through the build of that when lockdown happened. Um, So we sort of have half a mammoth in the garage at the moment because I was like, sure. well, we don't we don't need to finish that one in two weeks like we had originally planned. Yeah. Um, so then we made a puppet for Kira and a puppet for Nomi, which was super fun. And that was sort of to teach Edwin the skills of puppet building so we could do it together. Sure. And then other people in our bubble got really into it. And so it's just been puppet crazy here. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much. So you said you're doing commissions. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you to oh. to get a commission? Well, you can email us at tuskpuppets at gmail.com or just chuck us a message on our Instagram or our Facebook page. And, yeah, at the moment we are limited to the materials in our bubble, but there's yeah. lots of good stuff here. So Yeah. 
get yourself a puppet. Yeah. So we're coming towards the end. This podcast is called Broadway and Other Kiwi Dreams. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's one of my dreams to uh, be a professional performer and stuff. I am curious, what is your Kiwi dream? Okay, this is really funny. I'm going to share it with you. My mum's going to hate me saying this, but I'm going to say Great. it anyway. My <laughs> mum turned off went, now. I, yeah, yeah, mum turns off. I went <laughs> to visit my mum at work one day and like see her office set up and she had this, you know, those little shiny whiteboard things that you get from Kmart that you put letters in with like inspirational quotes, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Her one said, no dreams, just goals. And I was like, wow, this is... <laughs> This is really not my life philosophy at all. <laughs> Goodness gracious me. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was thinking I was thinking so long because I was trying to think of a different answer to I recently did an interview with Kick Arts, um, mm-hmm. who do some interviews and I, they asked me what my dream was as well. And I just sort of spoke about my dream being to be able to do artistic and creative things forever and I don't necessarily care where that is as long as like I feel satisfied with the work that I'm doing and Mm -hmm. am happy with the people that are around me then that's sort of success for me that's the dream well it sounds like you're living the dream at the moment yeah as much of the dream as you can have at the moment yeah 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 (laughs) it's a snooze it's a snooze at the moment yeah quite a dream (laughs) Oh, well, I think that is it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Are you showing the video as well? Because I really want to show you my skirt if you are. I'm not, but you can show me and I'll describe it. Okay, great. Well. (laughs) It's Sesame Street. Hmm? It is. Amazing. (laughs) I was going to say like superhero comics. It kind of looked like. (laughs) Yeah, well, Sesame Street characters are superheroes in my opinion. They are. They are. But yes, I got this skirt from Singapore when I was doing a show called Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, I feel like every time I'm doing a puppet show, I just fall deeper and deeper into becoming that weird puppet lady. So that's who I am. Rebecca Head, weird puppet lady. Exactly. It's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really like not very well practiced at these things, so it's really good for me. I appreciate it. You did great. You did great. <laughs> we did great. <laughs> we did great. We did awesome. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rebecca. As we said in the episode, if you would like a custom puppet of your own, just email tuskpuppets at gmail.com or message Tusk Puppets on social media. You can find Rebecca on her Instagram at tinybecca, that's T-I-N-Y-B-E-K-A-H. And you can find Tusk Puppets on Facebook and Instagram at Tusk Puppets. Have you been listening to these podcast episodes and thinking, I wonder what these people look like? Well, you're in luck because I've just revamped the website with headshots of all of my guests, as well as bios written by the guests themselves. So, if you want to see what we look like, as well as learn even more about us, head on over to jamesshera3.wixsite.com 
forward slash and other Kiwi dreams. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links are in the description. Join me next week for a super fun episode with one of my oldest friends in the industry on Broadway and other Kiwi dreams. Oh,